Mmm. It's hot chai in a cold town tonight. Ooh. This is Kofo Live and Undead. I am your host, Daniel Crozier, and I am joined by the amazing duo that makes horrible things. Film Club! Yeah! So good. So good, Daniel. So good to see you, man. <laughs> Excellent. <an> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, we're going to be redoing that and it'll be uh, bloodier. So, perfect. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As one should be. Yeah. Guys, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, I've been running into you uh, at uh, different screenings, a lot of Scream Screen uh, with uh, Teresa Mercado over at uh, C-Center. And uh, you guys were, were gracious enough to have me on your, your Instagram show uh, a couple months ago, I think. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you wanted to have you on and chat with you a little bit, uh, get to know you a little bit more yeah, um, and, and introduce you to, to some of our audience as well. And uh, yeah, if if you don't mind, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, Maddie, can we uh, start with you? you know, who you are, where you come from, and how you got into making film club? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I uh, am a filmmaker here in Colorado. I do a variety of different things, from producing to directing to special effects, makeup, all kinds of different stuff. And I started uh, going to horror trivia because the one thing I love more than horror is trivia. Uh, that's where I met Eric and we started talking about doing more film projects together and we really wanted to foster uh, a sense of, of community and he had already established uh, horrible things as a community and asked me to come along and help with different screenings and we've been we've been doing it since oh cool that's that's awesome uh it, yeah Eric what was uh you know kind of the the germ to, to get you going on this yeah, absolutely. Um, and dude, thank you so much for letting us come on and, yeah. and, and hang with yeah. you. This is really, really fun. Um, yeah. So again, like Maddie was saying, we met at a horror trivia uh, event. Uh, she was always the one to beat. And uh, she still is to this day, the one to beat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were hanging out at this place. You may have heard about it. It was called the Horror Bar. And uh, mm. unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best place. You know, and it kind of mm. shut down because the guy who started it wasn't a great dude. So mm. we really ran into some great people there. You know, we met a lot of great people. We met each other. We were like, found like this cool. community of people who were looking for a place where they could kind of like come together and talk about horror movies and see horror movies and do different things like that. And after that all kind of happened, we're like, we got to set up our own thing that can't get disrupted by, you know, someone else's behavior. 
So yeah. I started doing the Horrible Things Film Club as a result of that. And the idea was we would not centralize it to a single thing. We would maybe host a screening at a, either at like a theater, like we did one at the Draft House, or we would do something like cool. a pop-up at a bar and just kind of host it at different little places and just make it kind of a destination thing, like a little event thing. Um, we started doing that in July, 2021 got some traction with things over the next year or so and um yeah in in august of last year we actually got access to uh, a space that allows us to kind of have more control over some stuff and we've been doing private events there pretty regularly and it's been awesome it's been a great fertile ground for us to kind of you know build on what we've been doing um but with a little more focus and a little more consistency that's that's awesome. <clears throat> you you both have a uh, filmmaker backgrounds, and you know, you know, doing this, uh, you know, this club, uh, you know, kind of bringing the, the horror community and, and horror film fans uh, together. What what kind of programming are you are you showing? Uh, and you know, what are you exposing? Uh, you know, new audiences to. Yeah. Um, Maddie, do you want to take that one? I think yeah, you've, so, you've programmed some great ones. Um, yeah. We do all manner of programs um, from highbrow to lowbrow to everything in between. Uh, we okay. tend to do um, film nights that have some kind of overarching theme, whether it's a filmmaker focus, where we invite a local filmmaker to come show one of uh, their pieces and then show a film that directly inspired them and, and discuss why that was influential and what they care about in the filmmaking space. Uh, but we also do like education-based nights. Like we had a uh, professor Eddie Scahill come in and talk about the film, The Innocence, which was a lot of fun. Um, I talked about Grindhouse and why Grindhouse is so essential in film history and why everyone loves a splatter flick. Um, we, we've done all manner of things, uh, including real wars, which is a, a really fun concept of taking mm. 10 minutes of just maybe the worst movie you've ever seen, making everyone watch a random section of the movie and then vote on which one they want to finish. It's like a self-inflicted punishment. Ooh. It's fantastic. That's, that's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. That, oh, that sounds like such a great, uh, great way. Hopefully, you know, it, it each one uh, ends horribly. <laughs> it's terrible. Daniel, I'm terrible jokes. I know. Oh, Daniel, God. it has. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Uh, that's awesome. The uh, you, uh, you you mentioned you had uh, Andy Scahill uh, over. Um, you know what was uh, with with Innocence? You know, uh, you know what did you guys uh, talk about? Because uh, that's all. I always love hearing yeah him talk, and uh, it's, totally. it's always yeah so insightful. And I, I did. Total transparency. We owe Colorado Festival of Horror uh, that relationship because I, I met Andy uh, when he was doing one of his uh, talks about uh, Scream Queen, the documentary he was part of um, right. during the first, the inaugural Colorado Festival of Horror. And, um, you know, I just loved, again, just like you're saying, you know, he's so insightful. He has got such a yeah. unique perspective and is so, you know, so well versed in so many different things. Um, mm -hmm. The Innocence is a great film. It's a beautiful film, but it's also a foreign language film. Uh, it's about kids. It's about, you know, it's it's horror adjacent, not necessarily a total horror film. And it's probably criminally underseen as a result. So what was awesome about Andy picking that movie is that, again, it, it was like 
this is a beautiful movie. This is an excellent movie. And a lot of people would kind of avoid it, not avoid it, but they just wouldn't embrace it. So mm. having him come and give some context about like, okay, here's what these characters kind of represent. Each one of them kind of embody a different space, you know, of like personality types and different things like that. And it was really, it was really great. I mean, it's the things that we all kind of know, you know what I mean? Like it's, we understand that. I think everybody does. We understand like why things are, you know, the way things are, what kind of things like make up a story, but we don't always yeah. like totally understand it. And um, Andy is, is brilliant at like illuminating those kinds of things and really like, you know, helping you see the full picture of what, uh, what a piece of art can be. So um, he's been awesome. And we were so excited to, to host him to, to do that. I think it was, you know, when we talked to our um, club members, you know, we were like, what did you like? What was going on? And that is always one that people are like, more of that, please. That was so cool. That was so much fun, you know. That's cool. Now, Manny, yeah, how frequently are you guys doing a, your programming? Is that like a weekly or a monthly thing? So we do a few events every month. Um, it depends on the month and the, the surrounding circumstances. Like we have um, different filmmakers come in to promote stuff if they have something to promote. So we might have a month where we have a couple extra events here and there. And then we also work with um, a marketing company that allows us uh, to have a limited seating at advanced screenings. And we don't really control what screenings we get. So sometimes there's four in a month and sometimes there's one. But we try to keep around uh, three or four events a month. Nice. Wow. That, you know, three or four events a month. That is quite the juggling act. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm lucky if I get out of bed once a week, you know. So, uh, yeah, hats off to, to you guys for, for conducting that, you know, that. Where can people go to, you know, get the, the latest updates on, you know, uh, you know, where your meetups, where your screening stuff, uh, at. is it, is it the Instagram handle? It is. Yeah. Uh, horrible things is, is the banner. Um, we've got a profile on Eventbrite, which we've been really enjoying, um, that, you know, people can kind of follow that and then directly see what kind of events are coming up. Um, something that we, we've been playing around with, you know, like, what is the whole point of horrible things? It's, it's about like creating a community, creating a space and doing that kind of stuff. And we resisted like having memberships, like dues paying members for a long time. It, it took us for about a year to really kind of go, okay, we've got people who are interested and they like doing this and they feel like they're, you know, they're um, contributing to something. And what we've been able to do because we do have, you know, uh, members who, pay in and, and help us do stuff is all of our events are free. We, we never charge anything for any of our screenings. Um, our members always get, you know, seating priority. So if we have an event, we announce it to them first, we let them kind of plan around. And then after we kind of see where things land as far as available seating from there, then we open it up to the public. And the intention is let's meet some new people. Let's, let's get people who yeah. are, you know, not totally sure what a horror film club is, or, you know, <laughs> have no interest in like, you know, a Scandinavian horror adjacent supernatural, you know, kind of like superhero movie about kids in, in Swedish project, <laughs> you know, housing projects. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Ah, you open the door like that's... that and you let people come to you and, and it's awesome. You know, you meet all sorts of interesting people who 
maybe didn't think that this was something they'd be into. And then all of a sudden they're like, I love this filmmaker. I love this thing. I just saw this. Have you seen this? And it's just conversation after conversation. And I'm sure you're, you've been in that space when you find somebody who likes something you love. And it's just like, this is the greatest thing of all time. I'm so <laughs> glad I've got this, you know, ultimately yeah, that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I love, you know, coming to these things like, you know, yeah, Eric, you know, you and I met up uh, at, uh, you know, screenings for uh, like Scream Screen. And in like one sure. of my uh, early memories, I think it was before I met you. Yeah, actually it was because it was it was pre-pandemic and I went and saw um, Sleepaway Camp and uh, yeah. uh, Teresa had brought <laughs> Melissa Rose. And the last time I saw that, I was a teenager in high school, you know, and I thought it was, my, it, it's interesting, you know, when you see something with an audience versus seeing something, you know, at a different point in your time and you're alone or something like that. I thought, you know, back then it was the dumbest freaking movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, I, I wanted to find other really bad movies to replace that. And, and I, I just love terrible films. I mean, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur, but uh, anyway, oh. you know, saw Sleepaway Camp, you know, yeah, at the C Center with a full house, and the context changed drastically. Everybody was into it. We're all having a good time. You know, you're also able to read the subtext where all the, you know, the hunky dudes are wearing like <laughs> skimpy little outfits. You know, <laughs> you know they're you know, so hilarious. It's like, oh, what a, what a great, you know, um, you know, kind of switch. On, on like the the whole uh, you know male gaze trope you know now now it's the dudes that uh, they're <laughs> the me you know yeah, of course you got that 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 the movie's known for and everything but right. but it was it was great just to to be you know in a group setting watching that film and ha having that experience in real life uh, in real time I should say um, and yeah. of course it it, it certainly didn't uh, hurt anything to have Felissa there. And uh, of course, yeah. you know, having Teresa, who's a fantastic curator, kind of, you know, uh, guide us through, uh, you know, that 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 process. It's so fun. I, I, I you know, it's because of those process, uh, those pro um, those presentations that I have new found respect for curation, which you guys do, and uh, you know, you do well. We try to. I yeah. mean, I think <laughs> our approach. Our, pro our approach is uh, kind of more democratic in a way. Like we're more apt to be like, hey dude, you pick a movie. Hey, you tell us why this is cool. Hey, cause you know, we can contribute, we can talk, you know, but it's always more interesting to me to go, uh, hey, what's your favorite movie? You know, that's, that's yeah. always, you know, the question I wanna, cause it tells you so much about somebody. You know what I mean? It's so personal. If someone asks right. me that, I shut down immediately. It is the <laughs> most devastating question in the world. How do you pick one? It is so nice one, Daniel. to get like that that energy yeah. from people and see things you've never seen before. Like I had never seen uh, Black Coat's Daughter and we got to screen that with uh, a filmmaker mm -hmm. friend of mine who did one of our first filmmaker focuses talking about how that movie inspired her short film and getting to see it for the first time through her passion was such a different experience that I think is really, really rich. Nice. Uh, that's that, uh, you guys are also uh, you know, supporting uh, local filmmakers, of which you guys are. And I want to hear about your filmmaking experiences and your projects too. 
but I think, you know, uh, Eric and Maddie, uh, we've, we've had, uh, like, uh, is it Calvin, uh, Shepard, mm-hmm. uh, on, Calvin on the show? you know, he did, uh, his, uh, safe house, safe house movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I got to see that and have him on the show and stuff. And it sounds like uh, you guys were, uh, you know, uh, screening that or, you know, supporting him and, and stuff. Yeah, it is, um, you know, what do you have to say about like, um, you know, the, the state of, you know, horror film, you know, being produced in, in Colorado? Uh, it seems like it's, it's, it's really thriving. Absolutely. I mean, it's completely blowing up. I actually, um, I want to say a year and a half ago now, at least maybe two years, I was dead set on moving to Los Angeles to, I had just graduated from college. I was ready to start a career in film and I met Eric and some other filmmakers and got pulled in to produce a horror short called Gore House. That was so much fun. It was exactly what I wanted. It was doing like passion projects, gore, fun stuff. And there was such a big community here of people excited to do horror filmmaking that I had no idea. And I've just continued to meet more people doing that same kind of stuff. So there was such a big scene for horror film production here. Yeah, it's, it is one of those things. I mean, we've been talking a lot lately about kind of there was a whole thing during the the video era, during even, you know, kind of the sleepaway camp era of regional horror films. Like people would make these cheap movies that were really never intended to go any farther than like the local drive-in, you know what I mean? Um, And that had its limitations, obviously, you know, like you don't, those kinds of movies didn't have great budgets. They didn't have necessarily (laughs) great stories, but they had moments of genius, you know? And what's exciting is that as like filmmaking, it's still an incredibly expensive and an incredibly daunting task, you know, making a film. But the tools have become so much more accessible. You know, you can edit on your phone. You can shoot on your phone. Don't do that, but you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the, the craft of, of filmmaking is, is more accessible than it's ever been before. And, um, there's some really, really awesome things coming out all over the place. You, you cannot write off regional filming, filmmaking anymore. You know, you yes. will find something if you look that's really exciting. And I think Denver has so much talent and Colorado also, you know, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of really ambitious filmmakers and great film schools and just people who are passionate about it. Um, it's, it's a, I feel like we're about to see a wave crash, you know, like it's, it's coming, you know, like a big push of different things coming forward. Um, and I'm excited for it. Really excited for it. That's, that's cool. We, we do have a, looks like we got a friend that, uh, you know, just chimed in, wants to say hello. Uh, LS strange. Uh, hello. Great to see everyone. <laughs> oh, she, <laughs> Brett just, uh, uh, yay. Back to back, uh, Kofo live and undead. <laughs> Brett, stop, uh, stop stroking me, dude. Uh, yeah. What do you think of uh, oh, Knock at the Cabin, uh, M Night, and uh, are you gonna go see uh, Cocaine Bear? Jeez, that's a that's a big question for you guys. Uh, I actually we, got to okay. see Cocaine Bear last night. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't get how, to see how was it. It's everything I wanted it to be. I mean, if you're going in expecting some heady drama piece that's, you know, set in the 80s, it's not that. There's 
blood and guts and gore and a bear on cocaine. What more could you want? Right. Plus, yeah, when I go see a movie, yeah, when I when I go see a movie called Cocaine Bear, uh, I, I'm thinking uh, Yentl, right? I'm thinking uh, <laughs> you know something very deep and and moving. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not that. It's definitely not that. None, yeah, so. No, it looks like a, a fun ride. So, yeah. There's a lot of really yes. fun kills, for sure. Absolutely. Nice. And and cabin, uh, cabin, knock at the cabin, we've got a little bit of a, a I think we have a, a differing mm-hmm. opinions, Patty, if you, if you wouldn't Just a disagree. Just Oh, um, nice. <laughs> Fight, fight. Yeah. I want to hear both things. What, what do you think, Maddie? Um... I absolutely hated that movie. I thought it was terrible. Um, I have no comment on the story or the acting at all. I thought Dave Bautista did a wonderful job. The story had a lot of very interesting components that I would have liked to dive deeper into if it if any part of the movie was in focus for like more than a minute. It had such a shallow depth of field that everything was blurry for so long i could not wow. focus on the rest of the movie she's not wrong okay. like <laughs> it de- it definitely had a very like specific look i thought it was really good though i thought it was actually really i, I felt the intention behind that as something that yeah. was a-, a choice now there- hey man you know taste is taste and it is what it is <laughs> um I'm a really big fan of the book and, and the author, Paul Tremblay is an excellent author and full disclosure. We, we actually reached out to Paul and are coordinating an event where he's mm-hmm. going to come and pick a movie to show our fans. And we'll talk to him about his favorite movie. Uh, that's going to be in April, which will be really fun. But um, as far as the movie goes, man, um, I thought knock at the cabin was one of the closest best adaptations of like a novel or a piece of work or something like that, that I've seen in like a really long time, the tone of it, the tension that they create with it, the way they kind of move through it. You know, I mean, you, you, you get rid of the fat, you know, when you're making a movie out of a, you know, 500 page book, you don't have time to, to, you know, mess around. You got to get to the (laughs) the goods. And when it started happening, Daniel, have you seen it yet? Uh, I I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I wasn't intending to go see it in the theaters. I'll probably wait till it comes out on, on streaming. Um, you know, I, sure. I, I love, you know, hearing, uh, you know, conversation over film, over art. And I always love, you know, hearing like, uh, you know, different perspectives. Yeah. So, sure. so like, you know, Maddie, you know, talking about the technical aspects of, of you know, the presentation and, and the blurring you know, and the blurriness, uh, that would drive me crazy, too. And, you know, it is so rich. Like we got to see it as part of our uh, one of the events that we had for our film club and going out afterwards is one of the big things we do. We go to a bar around town and discuss the movie with the other members. And I was seething after the movie, like like vein in my forehead, boiling because I was so irritated. And then I had a lovely conversation with one of our members who really enjoyed the movie. So getting to see the different perspectives was really really beneficial. I still don't like it, but I can understand why others would enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. My big That's... thing was it gets to a very specific point in the movie, and the movie completely diverges from the book, and they become completely different stories. So my thing, people, when anyone says, "Have you seen it? What did you think?" It's like, 
they go, should I see it? I say yes, and then immediately read the book. Because I think the, the two the two things mm-hmm. side by side make a really interesting like comparison and a really like right. a much more like full experience, I think, in a way. So right. yeah. Well yeah, the yeah the thing, yeah, when adapting like from one medium to, to another medium, you're never gonna get a one to one translation. It just doesn't happen. It can't. No. It's two two different mediums, but yeah, at the same time, you know, I, I always love the idea of adaptations because that gives you a, a separate piece of art to enjoy and reinterpret, um, you know, for yourself. So you know, yeah. uh, whether it's like yeah, the Lord of the Ring books or the movies, I love them both for different reasons, but you know, almost yeah, you know, equally passionately. And then you know, there's other things. Um, you know, oh, like uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen movie versus the yeah. original, you know, graphic novel. I like one drastically more than the other. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, and that's that's completely fine. And then and then you know they they do the the limited series on HBO, uh, which we you know, never really had uh, an original. Uh, you know, version as a graphic novel in, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but by itself, man, that was amazing. It's like, they didn't have to do the Truly. Zack Snyder movie. Just put that out, you know, as its own thing. And, <laughs> and uh, it was, it was absolutely almost as engaging as me reading the, you know, the graphic novel when I was a kid. Absolutely. I, I literally just went to Twist and Shot last Sunday and found the Blu-ray of, of the HBO series and was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got to have this. It's so good. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I'm always curious. You're, you're, you're my comic book guy. You know, you're the guy I know who is in the graphic novel space, who is in that. So I'm always like, do we talk about Watchmen? It's such a like <laughs> sacred text, you know? <laughs> Well, talk talk about Watchmen. I think uh, I think the you know the idea that I mean, yeah, it's back in the '80s when uh, you know people were were starting to realize, and I think I think a lot of it, and, and other people will um, think I'm, I'm mistaken or or disagree with me. I should say um, that uh, you know back in the '80s you had this influx of, of like British writers. That were coming in that that presented uh, a certain sophistication, and so like the go-to, of course, back then was Alan Moore, and uh, and, and and shortly after that, Grant Morrison came came through, and you had a few others, uh, Neil Gaiman, um, yeah. but uh, came through, you know, did like pretty much like the the go-to run for Swamp Thing, um, which. I think I'd imagine like, you know, James Gunn is probably going to, you know, take that as the source material for the upcoming movie. But, uh, you know, then he was able to, you know, really satirize, you know, like superhero culture with, with Watchmen and, you know, kind of bring about a little bit more, you know, gravity towards, you know, character building and everything like that and tell a cohesive story, you know, through that. And, at the time, it was groundbreaking. God, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> I'm tripping over my own tongue. So, anyway, uh, you know, it, it presented itself. And it's like, hey, you know, uh, popular comics can be very sophisticated, you know, because at that time, 
you know, the most well-known, you know, sophisticated comics were more underground or, or they were British comics like V for Vendetta, you know, that were a miracle man. Um, you know, that, and, and Alan Moore and Neil, Neil Gaiman had their run with, uh, with those. And, uh, right. so yeah, it, it was, it was interesting. It, you know, and Watchmen was a precursor to, you know, the success that, that Sandman had, which launched, you know, Vertigo with DC comics and, and they had an amazing run telling sophisticated stories using this medium that everybody just kind of, you know, poo poos or they did at least. Yeah. Um, I think there's such a, a, a like a matching parallel kind of dynamic to the idea of comics or graphic right. novels and horror. You know, both of them right. are considered to be. Everybody always likes to go, oh well, it's 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 a it's a graphic novel, but it's elevated, or you know what I mean. In the same way that someone would be like, oh, this is like a horror movie, but it's a good one. It's like, no, guys, like you just yeah. it's it's people telling really good stories. They're just using different mediums, you know. They're using different emotional vectors to get in there and, and kind of engage with their audience. And so I'm always really, you know, I admire people who take spaces that are kind of dismissed and make really compelling uh -huh. things in them. You know what I mean? That's always like, it's a hat trick, man, to, to be able to get somebody to cry over a graphic novel. Yeah. It can be done, you know? It, it but can't. after the first time it happened. For... For me, it was Watchmen, and then the second time say, was Sam. Yeah. You know, there you um, go. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it, like yeah. It, it's amazing to see the the compelling story, and, and yeah, to some degree, like I would associate early comic book, uh, you know, work, uh, you know, to be somewhat like outsider art. It wasn't something that was you know just wildly embraced as as much as like popular films. But I think uh, you do, you know, uh, you know, uh, bring up a good point in that horror films. Um, I I I think of them as incredibly accessible, and you know, even if you do have like say a bad horror film, it's going to have more staying power than most really sophisticated independent dramas. Um, and, and and nowadays you don't really see too many studio backed dramas they're they're more in the independent filmscape but you know they win the awards yeah. at this year and then next year you don't talk about them but <laughs> this year you know this year and then next year you talk a little bit more about uh, i don't know terrifier or something like that and then it yeah. just builds building its audience and it keeps permeating everywhere um yeah so yeah. it's so it's good uh brett I wants to interject yeah, he's got, uh, let's see here. Uh, nice to see local artist uh, Jorge Corona's comic book series, The Meat You Love in the Dark, make a finalist. Oh, the Bram Stoker Awards today. So That's very cool. So that's another, yeah. another example of, uh, you know, comics kind of, you know, you know, getting yeah. that recognition. And Jorge's a local guy. He's him and his <laughs> wife are, are amazing comic book creators here in Colorado. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I've met but, her uh, at the at the convention. Yeah. 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 Um, um yeah, can, he was supposed to Daniel. come out last year, but I think he gets but uh, but hopefully he'll be out this year. Um, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be excited to meet him. 
Um, can I ask you if Excellent. I can if I can plug one of our our friends who I think you guys are also friends with, um, Horrid Horrid's Book Club. Okay. Yeah. So oh yes, friends, Horrid Book Club. Yes. Talking about adaptations and and you know just like things in that space, um, Emerald yeah. and and Presley, uh, they're collaborating on this this cool book club where they're putting together these awesome like care packages you can go buy the book and it comes with like themed candles and stuff to create an atmosphere that's supposed to kind of elicit what the book's about and then everybody gets together once a month to talk about it and they were doing a a, a shirley jackson novel uh we've always lived in the castle i think is what it is um that's this weekend but um they're awesome and and that's another thing that i've just been really excited about is again you know to me it all comes down to story you know, like at the, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, um, we could talk about when did you see your first, you know, when did you see, I've got a, a beautiful OLED 4K TV here where I can watch the greatest film of all time. But is it really that much better than the first time I saw Sleepaway Camp on a <laughs> shitty four by three mm -hmm. center cropped, you know, the story got into my brain and it, and it bore itself in there. Regardless of yeah. whether or not it was presented the way, you know, it's supposed to be presented. Um, I'm always a big fan of just being like, look, man, at the end of the day, the, the story is what's going to drive it there. So I always love like pushing people to go, hey, there are people in your community that are doing cool stuff. And, you know, they can give you some insights about what makes something cool, what makes something interesting. You know, what is going on with this? Uh, you know, novels are such a fun space to do that kind of work. And man, they're so cool. I've been on a reading kick lately. It's been, it's been a thing. So, nice. yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, Maddie, uh, you were talking about, uh, you know, some of your early ex uh, filmmaking experiences here in town. Uh, what was it? I think you brought up, uh, you know, Gore House. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Gore House. Yeah. Where can, where can people uh, go to, to find, find that? So Gorehouse is currently doing a festival run. It's been submitted to many festivals. Um, so it's not available online yet. But as soon as we get the permissions from you know, festivals and distributors and everything, it will be available online. Um, and horrible things will definitely be announcing when that's available for people to see. Because uh, it is so much fun. We did a we did a two night and then we added a third night for a roadshow screening of it back in August and sold out every single night. We had burlesque dancers performing um, horror themed burlesque. So there was a, a wonderful um, Jennifer's Body burlesque show, which is my favorite horror movie. Um, and, and Siren um, Six Killer actually still does that act around town in a variety of different spaces. Um, but as soon as that's available, the world will see it. <laughs> nice, nice. That sounds that sounds amazing. Uh, you know, yeah. what are you working uh, on right now, film-wise, Maddie? So I've got a couple different things in the works. Um, I actually, um, me and my dad are working on a feature together that we're we've got on the books. That's like a horror sci-fi thing. Yeah. Going. We went and saw Kevin Smith uh, talk from for the Clerks Three Roadshow, and yeah. like, yeah, father daughter filmmaking teams. It's coming up. <laughs> so we're working That's on that. Awesome. I've got a a short written that Eric's actually given me quite a lot of inspiration to adapt into a feature. So hopefully I'll get the short proof of concept shot to get funding for that. Um, and then I just, I uh, do work with Creature Kid. Uh, I work at that special effects shop and he's working on his own um, 
short film that we will hopefully be shooting towards the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Jungle of Darkness. I remember the Kickstarter yep. campaign. <laughs> yep, that's it's awesome. it's been fully funded, and we're just uh, we're there's a couple other projects in the shop right now that are taking a little bit of time precedence, but it's it's coming up. We're mm -hmm. figuring out all the spaces and working on all the puppets and everything. It's going to be super cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Eric, um, if if I remember right, you're also involved in Jungle of Darkness, or is that not the I, case? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's evolved as we've gone on. I mean, um, you know, initially when it was going to be kind of a smaller scale kind of project, yeah, I was going to be the director of photography. We were going to shoot it. The intention was like, let's make a film in essentially a warehouse to prove that you could do it. But it was so <laughs> popular and has gotten such a strong response that um, it's, it's evolved. Um, so we'll kind of cool. see where it ends up being. I'm definitely involved still helping out as far as like coordinating and, and doing some producing for it. But uh, yeah, I've got a great, they've got a great DP who uh, does some awesome work, a local person. Um, and cool. if the stars align, man, it's going to be really special. Um, it's still stars Daniel Roebuck, who's such an awesome actor. <laughs> um, he played, he played Count, the, the <laughs> not Grandpa, Grandpa Monster, but... Uh, <laughs> because there was no kid. <laughs> That's right. You're right. Good point. Good oh, point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's such a he's a great actor. He's been in everything, and you know, like you know, uh, I think he's he was in three of the last five Rob Zombie movies, and he's a great actor. Oh, okay. and he was in The Fugitive. Dude is awesome. So um, you know, even and and then just a, a litany of awesome practical effects puppets. And it's going to be something else. <laughs> that's that's so cool. Uh, do you, uh, Eric, do you have anything else in the, in the pipeline, you know, creatively that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we have really moved. I think a lot of our efforts to the club and really kind of trying to foster some okay. different things um, that that can kind of cultivate that a little bit. I mean, we were both really inspired by the Gore House kind of thing, which was. Uh, the filmmaker, her name is Carmen Simonek. She's amazing. She's really talented. She wrote the piece with um, her partner, Elijah Ziegler. And uh, yeah, they're great. They were just, they're film school kids who just wanted to make something really inspiring and cool. And from kind of that experience, we're like, let's try and figure that out. So we have developed a, uh, a filmmaking grant within the club, you know, from, from the dues that our members pay. We're putting together, um, you know, it's not a, a huge amount of money, but yeah. but it's, you know, enough that we can kind of help people, you know, pay to submit to festivals or maybe pay to get a, like a day's worth of color correction from a professional or something like that. Repair hard drives. Or more to the point, repair yeah. hard drives that crash. Carmen, Carmen was the recipient of the first film grant uh, because a hard drive crashed and they had to pay $800 to get it recovered. It was like, oh, that's... Oh. That is, uh, wow. that's tough. So yeah, yeah. Right now we're we're developing um, we're developing some workshops. We're developing different things within the space to try and like let the community kind of guide us a little bit about what they're interested in doing, and we create a space where we can cultivate that um, and just kind of go from there. Uh, I I work professionally as a uh, post production coordinator at a local post house. So that's my day job and I'm, I'm doing a lot of cool stuff in that space. But right now the creative stuff is really kind of just like, Hey man, how do I help my friends and 
future friends mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> make exciting cool stuff do the things they want to do so yeah that that sounds awesome yeah it sounds like you're, you're creating you know a wonderful you know space uh you know for for uh you know a community to to kind of coalesce around yeah especially you know all things horror you know, introduce them to, yeah. to new things that uh, you know they normally wouldn't be introduced to and at the same time you know kind of foster uh you know local talent to go out there and, and make you know their own uh projects and their own films that's that's amazing yeah i mean it's the kind of thing that i i think maddie and i like the, the underlying philosophy is like what do we wish we had when we were mm -hmm. you know just out of college you know what kind of things would have right. helped us and and it always evolves you know we've never done the same kind of thing twice in that way because you can't you got to kind of let it be its own thing and we're just kind of along for the ride just to kind of help push it along so wow that's so cool that's that's awesome um yeah this year we've got uh, all kinds of uh, like horror events and and screenings and all all these things you know what are you guys looking forward to as fans yeah um, Great question. At Fan Expo this year, uh, the cast what? of Scream is going to be there. And I've, I've gone to wow. Fan Expo since before it was called Fan Expo. Um, every year with my dad, we all go huge comic oh, cool. nerd and everyone's in costume. But this year I might have to uh, scream it up a little in, in honor of, yes. of the whole cast being there, which is going to be, that's what I'm most excited for, I think, in the coming months. Nice. nice. That's cool. Yeah. How about yeah. you, I mean, there's just so many different things. Um, I, I'm always excited for the Colorado Festival for it's, it, you know, when that weekend comes around, I, you know, I take the Friday off, I make sure I'm ready to come and, and see what's going on. Uh, love the guys you guys bring, you know, like you, you bring great guests and the access to those people is so awesome. Yes. You know what I mean? To, to hear the, the Terrifier guys talk about the movie. Uh, and then go out and have like the biggest blowout success with Terrifier 2 was like a very surreal right. experience. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, there's also the Telluride Horror Show. That's always really fun too. There's there's just lots of cool things, you know, kind of in the latter part of the year. Movies that we're excited about, you know, um, it's a big year for adaptations. Like, I don't it's kind of a weird thing in that way. There's two Dracula adaptations this year. Um, right. There's the Renfield which is the yep. Nick Cage as Dracula. And then yeah, um, looks the, 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 it looks great. It looks awesome. <laughs> and then um, I always forget the filmmaker's name and I, I hate myself for it. Um, he's the director of The Autopsy of Jane Doe and Troll Hunter. He's got a movie Ooh. called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And that is the, the ship that Dracula I, takes to the new land. Yep. So I'm yeah. super excited for what that's going to be. I mean, that sounds like perfect material for this guy you know like have you seen you've seen yeah. autopsy of jane doe uh, i actually haven't but i i know uh, i've seen troll hunters which i absolutely love um you right. know that yeah. that reminds me I, I think i think it's is it robert eggers that's um adapting uh, making a, a a remake of nosferatu with uh absolutely i think it's yeah. is it bill skarsgård so you, you yeah, know, it's, it's not Dracula per se, but it was, certainly was inspired by by Bram Stoker's uh, original. Um, yeah, yeah. What a great way yeah. to get around copyright, right? <laughs> even even I was back say, then. 
yeah the the stoker family would would like a word you know like <laughs> yeah yeah very very much um, so yeah. yeah uh yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah. hilarious um, there's so many cool, cool things. I mean, there's always something fun and, and unique to, to look forward to. And um, we've got some cool things that we're planning um, that, you know, we're going to do more real wars, which will be really cool. Uh, we're, we're trying to use. So the real war idea, it kind of came from some stuff that like um, in Tim League, who, who runs, uh, he, he runs Neon Rated, which just put out. Um, uh, infinity pool and um, you know he's he's a really you know he started the draft house basically Alamo draft house yeah. in Austin and uh, one of these things they did was this thing called um, weird Wednesdays and they would do this stuff where they would play the first reels like literally the first film reel which is 11 minutes long of movies they didn't even have labeled they'd just be like all right put this one on let's see what's going on <laughs> and then their friends would just get around and get drunk and then they would go okay let's that one was weird. Let's let's finish that one. Um, so what's funny is that nice. the company we started with is called is is the American Genre Film Archive, which is the nonprofit that Tim Lee started to preserve all those films. Um, so cool. they have an awesome catalog of weird shot on video movies, exploitation movies. Uh, they're not all horror. I mean, a lot of them are actually mm. like really beautiful films that are really just kind of lost to time. And, and some of them are really stupid, skeezy stuff like Bat Pussy. Sorry. Uh, the first adult <laughs> film. <laughs> but nice. the idea was like doing doing a, a similar kind of thing, The Real War, lets us kind of highlight weird things within the genre. Um, so some stuff yeah. we're looking at is like, the video nasties from the UK, you know, um, which was this whole thing about censorship, you know, uh, it was very like, and they're still very rigorous about this in the UK about like, you know, certain people, um, like the movie monster squad is rated, uh, they're like PG 13, but it's 15. And even to this day, if you're not over the age of 15, you're not allowed to see monster squad in a theater. But, but during the eighties, there was such a, moral panic about like people seeing things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Cannibal Holocaust that they called them video nasties, banned them outright. If you were caught with them um, in your home, you could be arrested. If you were selling them, you could be arrested and fined and all these things. So there's all these crazy stories that, that exist like in the history of horror that we think, um, yeah. you know, you that sometimes they're more interesting than the movies so <laughs> yeah we're yeah. we're trying True. to kind of use True. those little little like um the real war idea is like a way of jumping off and talking about cool things that happened in horror but also we just want to do stuff like show trauma yeah. movies too we just want to like you know get together with our friends and watch you know Tromeo <laughs> and juliet like if we can make that happen <laughs> great really. yeah <laughs> that's that's hilarious yeah, um, yeah. The, you know, film preservation is, is such an important thing. The you know yeah. the, the stories you know that they go into it. You know, like you know, obviously censorship, banning, and, and stuff like that. But you know, film itself is so delicate. You know, it, and it degrades so quickly over time. So you know, if you can't you know cultivate a, a community that to help preserve you know that art, yeah, you're right. It's it's lost to history. Um, you know, recently with with everything going to to like streaming and every, and stuff, you know, one of the things that I've noticed with 
uh, media companies is they're starting to, you know, shelve a lot of their content that they had on streaming in, in order to save a buck, right? So they don't have to pay those royalties or some stupid shit. And, right. um, and, and, you know, just started reinvigorating that interest of physical media, you know, so that you buy it, you own it, you know, it's, it's there and it's tangible. It's that artifact, yeah. you know, now, and, and because of it, you can now also help preserve it, except never, never give it to your friend who has a tendency of not returning it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta learn. You gotta learn. Um, yeah, you gotta I'm a big fan, learn. you know? Yeah. Casual, I've, got a, yeah. I've got a few titles that I'm a fan yeah, of. Yeah, you guys. Um, DVDs, yeah. VHSs. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can't say that. I, I just got skin and lights behind me. <laughs> what a loser. I don't know what that says about me. I, I think you're, you're better. I think, you know, at least you guys are, you know, better formed human beings. Uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, I like Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. It's, you know, 11 herbs and spices, man. You can't, you can't knock it. Um, we, we do a weekly uh, um, recommendation show, which is specifically about like, hey, there's this thing that's streaming or there's this thing, you know, a new movie. But the thing that we're, you know, we, we always go back to is what has just come out in, on a physical media release. That's cool. You know, what's something that, you know, like a new addition of something that really goes above and beyond and, and, you know, is a part of that. And I think it's really important. We're kind of in a, like a, a boom age, like a golden age of that kind of stuff with so many different yeah. distributors uh, releasing amazing stuff. And like the weirdest stuff is getting like ultra 4k, you know, like right. restorations. You're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's important, you know, as part of like the right. culture of horror. Um, big oh, yeah. fans of it and we think it's really really paramount so right the yeah yeah before we went on you you mentioned uh and, and you, you kind of mentioned like you know um uh you know people participating in, in uh, horrible things in the film club and everything uh, to support it you know having having dues and everything that's through your yeah. patreon correct? It yeah, is. You, you might and sharing that, that funny story you told me about uh, your Patreon today? I would love to. It's a great thing to say <laughs> when you're introducing people to your new club. We are at capacity. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> as a small club that wants to foster a community of people who, you know, who, who contribute things, you know, um, we kept it small. We kept it kind of small. We have 30 total members that have like our full like membership, you know? And, um, and in a weird way, it's become kind of almost like a, um, like an NPR model or something. It's like, Ooh. you know, it's, it, it's not so much like you're, you're paying for access. You're paying for everybody else's access, which <laughs> is really nice and really cool. Um, that that to say, we do also have a, a, a lower tier membership, which has got a lower uh, cost to to join, and really it's just kind of a you know help us kind of keep things running, help us just kind of like do the little little work. It's like eight dollars a month, 
and you're invited to come to all of our events. You get the priority event stuff in that way. And then the, the members only stuff, which is gonna be like the workshops and some of the other things yeah. in that space. We always try to like, we don't want anything to be like exclusive, but at the same time, we really do value people who wanna invest in like the experience of what this club is. So we do put together a couple things every once in a while that are members only events. Um, we're also going to start filming the presentations and things like that. And cool. those, those presentations will be available to stream live uh, for members only and through Patreon kind of as an archive. So that kind of stuff will, will be kind of bonus things that, you know, you can always come. If we've got a seat, please come and hang out with us and listen to our filmmakers or special guests talk about movies and watch a movie with us. But if you can't and you think it's cool and something you might be interested in, check out our Patreon. You can join at the lowest level, the $8 a month, and we'll we'll afford all that stuff to you. We'll get as much to you as we can, you know? That's kind of our, that's our, our whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, Eric, Maddie, uh, thanks so much for being so generous with your time and, and coming on the show and, and uh, you know, introducing me and introducing, you know, our audience uh, to a little bit more, you know, what you guys do and, and your involvement. It, it sounds like it's, you know, enriching, endearing, and in incredibly engaging. The three E's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, but it, it's, it's also something that's, that's so needed. You know, and, and with, you know, contemporary curation, um, you know, that's that's how, you know, so much of these, uh, you know, either forgotten films or undiscovered films, you know, really find new audiences. Yes. And filmmakers. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee right. you, if you come to one of our screenings or something like that, a filmmaker focus or like that, you're going to run into somebody who's going to do something very cool. And you'd be like, I saw that guy. I was having a, a Takati with him. And he was, <laughs> you know, and we were, you know, we're just chilling. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. uh, sorry, Maddie, what were you going to say? Oh, no, it's just, it's that there will always be people there who want to help make stuff and who will make really cool things. Like, it's... Yeah someone there's going to do something amazing and you're going to be able to have seen it first. Yeah, that's cool. Now, uh, guys, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, the best place to, to go find you is on Instagram at mm -hmm. uh, horrible things. Um, and the, your, your Patreon link, uh, that's full, right? Uh, it's, it, it's on that, uh, that page as well. Yes. It's in it the bio. Be, yeah. If you search us on Patreon, because we are an 18 plus club because of horror movie content, we don't pop up on the Patreon search. It is uh, available through our bio. Yeah. Okay, great. That's that's so cool. Uh, guys, while we sign off, uh, hang out for a few minutes. But again, uh, thank you, uh, yeah, Eric and Maddie, for, for being so generous and, and uh, in chatting with me. Thanks so much for having Good us. Anytime, Daniel. This was great. Cool. Uh, and uh, to everybody that, uh, you know, tuned in, uh, thanks so much for, uh, you know, tuning in and, and learning, you know, all, all the cool things about uh, horrible things and, and uh, what uh, what these guys do. And, uh, of course, uh, we want to say uh, thanks to our uh, sponsors, to uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. If you're going to start a revolution, make sure you're caffeinated. 
And of course, our friends at uh, Hellfire Entertainment. It, you know, thanks for rebroadcasting us on your social media. And of course, uh, Groovy TV and uh, oh, to Alien Donuts uh, out there. Uh, to Angela and Bill, uh, thanks for putting up with my shenanigans. And of course, <laughs> my producers, uh, Lily Fisher, uh, Amanda Armstrong, and Stefan Santa Cruz. And uh, to everybody out there, if, if you're out in Denver tonight, man, it's cold. I hope you guys are inside, you know, keeping each other warm. So, uh, you know, be good, be kind to each other during tough times and, and help each other out. And, of course, you know, stay spooky, everybody. Have a good night. We'll Make sure to check out our Facebook and website for the updates on Colorado Festival of Horror, September 15th through the 17th.